You woke? Time to get up. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Thought You Won't No Speed Limit podcast. I'm your host, Alvin. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, I got a story here that's just shocking because I didn't know anything about it, but I'm just not hearing about it, about Anad Saeed. Apparently, all you guys knew about it. Everybody's been telling me about it. Now, Anad Saeed was convicted in 1999 of slaying his girlfriend, Hamin Lee. She was found after 27 days. She was missing for 27 days. She was found partially buried in a park. Apparently, police arrested Anid Saeed upon the, uh, uh, once they got information from or confession from a witness who claimed that he and Anid Saeed disposed of the body after Saeed had killed Lee. This was the evidence they had presented. In case, also they had cell phone records that placed supposedly placed Lee near the body of this particular individual. Okay. Now the reason why I'm bringing this whole case up because everybody's oh well that sounds like he's guilty of something, right? Well, yesterday they vacated this case. You know why they vacated this case? Let's just go ahead and start reading about the whole thing, the, the silly parts of this stuff that was missing. Like I said, this witness came forth. Who claimed that uh, Anid had planned it out? He told him, "Hey, take my car. Come pick me up at a certain time." Or, or he said, "Hey, tell him that you took my car." And at some point, he called uh, Lee. Called this witness. Let me see what the witness name is. Jay Wild. Jay Wilds called him at a Best Buy parking lot and said, "Hey." I just committed murder. I killed Lee. He told him during the day that he was going to kill Lee. They had planned it out. He said, and he showed him the body in the trunk. And they took the body to the park and dumped it in the park and buried it. That's what he said. He said that this man had done it, right? So Lee had been strangled. That's that's what they said. She had died from strangulation. I don't know it, who did it. We don't know if Lee did it. I mean, we don't know if Jay Wiles did it or these other suspects that I'm about to tell you about in a minute. Did it? We don't know if Saeed did it. That's why we're going to look. That's why we're going to keep looking into this. So the case was vacated. So Saeed is sitting at home with his family, eating dinner right now, having a good time. But he's still under conviction. Now, what makes this case so bad is what's wrong with the justice system. Everything that's wrong with the justice system. So you've got your suspect from the get-go. It's got to be Lee because this was Saeed's ex-girlfriend that he was in love with they said he was still obsessed with her he still talked about it because apparently the second time it ended bad lee they had been breaking up on and off and off again and the reason why is because saeed is muslim and i believe lee was was from uh china or no i take that back no she wasn't from china she was from korea and had a religious difference right so the reason they broke up was because of those cultural and religious beliefs. They were so different that it was causing some issues and they would break it. They was on again, off again, and they'd break up. So they had broke up this time. And Lee apparently had a new boyfriend. Saeed, from what I heard from earlier in the day, was hoping to get a ride from her so he would take him home. But then 
he asked friends, he said, hey, where's Lee? She seems to have disappeared, so on and so forth. He was asking about her all day at school. Well, then, of course, the friend said, I don't know. She's got a new boyfriend, yada, 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 something like that. Here's another thing. That never comes up about who this new boyfriend is, right? Anyway, of course, like I said, 27 days later, they find Lee. She was dead in this park. Saeed ends up getting arrested. I don't know when when that happened. They took they asked questions of people that Saeed had called the police at one point. He called the police actually the day him and his friends got together, the day of the supposed murder, right? He called the police and said, Hey, I'm just looking for I'm worried a friend of mine's missing and they, and the police they were like, eh. And then they said the day of the murder, he called the police again that day to ask them what had happened, he didn't believe that Lee was dead. He didn't believe it at all. So he called the police and his friends took the phone because he was hysterical, so on and so forth, yada, yada. However, that linked him to this crime. Suspect number one, ex-boyfriend, current boyfriend, whatever, becomes Lee. In a minute, he becomes the only suspect because they talked to Jay Wiles, Jay Wiles, who, by the way, had borrowed Lee's car that day and his cell phone, which is strange, borrowed his f car and his phone, was a weed man. He sold weed. It's, oh, he was just, that's harmless. He's a weed man, right? Yeah, but who? where was he going with his phone and using his phone that day? See, the phone record said that Lee, that the only person that used the phone was Saeed. Who was Saeed talking to? Did he talk to? And did, at any point, did Saeed call Lee's cell phone? At any point, did he call? They don't They don't say this in all the evidence I'm looking at. But they said that these records placed Saeed near a Best Buy that was near the location where they think the murder happened, where the body was buried. That's the information they got. Now they got this witness that says, oh, yeah, he did it. I helped him bury the body. Now, I don't know why Jay Wiles was a friend with Lee, and I don't know what the deal was. Now, that seems like, whoa, that's like a big blow to that whole thing. If you got that witness saying this, the problem is the guy was a weed man, and there's a prejudice to this when it comes to interrogations. Yo, bro, if you don't tell me what I need to hear right now, I can convict you on the fact that you sell weed. Uh, you sell this, you do that. I need to hear this right now. What you know about this dude, Saeed, and this girl, Lee? You know anything about the murder? You know anything about it? Don't think that don't happen. It happens. So they, they prejudiced the case right there, okay? They prejudiced the case by saying this information here. And they present this and the phone records in court and nothing else. Nothing else. The prosecution's like not very helpful here. It's like, what's the prosecution gonna do? They don't present anything. They question the witness and the integrity of the witness, maybe, and that's it. And Saeed gets convicted. So he's sitting in jail. So his family, his friends get together, they're like this can't happen. There's something wrong here. Saeed didn't do this. Yada yada yada. Come to find out, they start. They, they get. They get together. Uh, a, a news person. They get together. The court people. It starts a podcast called the Serial Podcast. The Serial Podcast is all about this particular case. 
it draws a big attention once stuff starts coming out one by one, one by one, one by one. First thing they find is a witness who puts Saeed at another location at the time of the murder. He was at the library with this particular woman. Uh, her name is Asia Lee, uh, McLean, Asia McLean, black woman, who was there at the library. She, she said she really didn't know Lee very well. She had barely, you know, she sat, they sat and talked to each other at the library. She was waiting on her boyfriend. She said she was either going to ride the bus home from school or to what's because. So they asked, how do you know the time of day it was? She said, well, because the school buses were still in the stall, and I was trying to decide whether I'm going to ride the school bus or the city bus and, and to go home. So I know what time of day it was. She said, I've been here in the library for hours, and I knew at this point, you know, because she had been waiting for her boyfriend for a long time. But then her boyfriend finally walked in after he been, she had been sitting there talking to Lee for a long time. She said it was about 2.30, and they were still talking. Her boyfriend walked in, and they left. Because they claimed the murder happened at 2.15. So here's somebody saying that Saeed was not in the location where Lee was murdered at the time she, he was at the library. She even wrote a letter to the to his defense attorney. The defense attorney decided to not even contact her or listen to the letter. Maybe the defense attorney told, oh, this this isn't true. This isn't poppycock. In fact, there are two women who claim that Asia McLean is lying, that this is not true, that none of this really happened, that that letter she wrote was fake. That's what they claim. That would mean that Asia McLean somehow knew Saeed, and she said she doesn't. She didn't know anything about it. She didn't know the time of day of the murder. She said she just wrote the letter to tell him where he, she saw him. And it happened to be at the time of the murder, right? Another thing that comes up. Police had two other suspects. Now, they're not named, but apparently these two, two suspects had a violent history towards women. One to, uh, was convicted, in fact, for sexual battery on a woman. And the other one had had some other domestic issues. But one of them had threatened Lee. Now that needs to be investigated, right? So this information comes out that the police did not put out there, that the prosecution did not even look at. Another piece of information about those cell phone records. There was a piece of paper, a, a cover sheet that came from the cell phone company that said that this informa location information may not be accurate. That was not given to the defense. And the defense did not do a good job of following up themselves. They depended on the information given to them from the prosecutor's office to be accurate in, in integrity. Now, another thing, no physical evidence, none, no physical evidence whatsoever was presented in this trial. DNA, was, DNA samples were taken, but never were tested. They had their killer. Saeed was our killer. We got everything we need. We got a witness. We got cell phone records that put him in the place. That's all we need. Those are called circumstantial evidence. You do not have physical evidence. You do not have anything that actually links um, Saeed to this situation. Secondly, there was some prosecutorial misconduct by stuff that you weren't giving the, the defendant. Defense and defense also was incompetent in not following up. So here goes a man who gets convicted, right? 2015, he appeals after this information comes out from the serial. 
this information comes out of the appeals. He wins the, the appeal by the, allowing them to, uh, the appeals court allows this new evidence in. 2016, the original case is uh, vacated. Of course, the state wants to appeal, so guess what? Saeed's got to sit in jail. 2018, the vacated sentence is upheld. I mean, uh, uh, the vacation of the uh, sentence is upheld. Court appeals again to the High Court of Maryland. High Court of Maryland decides that to uphold the conviction by saying that this is the part where it changed my whole mind about the justice system. Maryland Court of High High Court said that they were going to allow this conviction because even though his defense attorneys were incompetent, it did not prejudice his defense in this case. What? They didn't properly look at evidence. They didn't properly ask the questions to the prosecution to get the proper evidence. DNA was not done. They did not have physical evidence. Yet this, the court upheld the conviction based on absolutely not enough evidence to do anything about it. 2022. We're back in the same situation. Ahmad, I mean, Saeed is now 41 years old. 41 years old. Now, courts have now vacated the conviction once again, waiting on this DNA test to come back. Thanks to Marilyn Mosley, who's been working hard to try to reform the justice system. And I hate the word justice system because it's not really justice. There's no justice. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute because that's going to be my last little part. But here it is, 2022. They let this man back on the streets with a monitor waiting to see if the DNA come back to see if they're going to prosecute. If they decide not to prosecute, that monitor comes off. 41 years old. And this could be a misjustice. This could be a huge misjustice by the state of Maryland. And the fact that the high courts had the nerve to sit there and look at the fact and say, well, it doesn't matter how incompetent it was. There's no way in any way prejudice this case. Yes, it does. This is why I sat there yesterday and I thought about this because I'm going to bring this up. I watched some TYT. I watch it from time to time. And, you know, I'm a liberal person, and sometimes people complain too much, and even sometimes I have to get away from stuff like TYT and, and some of the other people, Benjamin Dixon, that I like to watch. Um, but they they had a person on there yesterday who was, talk, who was talking about the abolition of prisons, of the prison system. Abolition of the industrial prison complex, which exists in the United States. They were, to, she was especially talking about a system where we have people who are sitting and waiting for conviction, have not been conviction sometimes for years because they can't pay for cash bail. You've been accused of a crime, but you have not been convicted of a crime. You're sitting in jail as if you're being punished for the crime that they say you committed, but they have not convicted for you of yet. And some of those are small crimes. 
I think about speeding tickets. Did you know that some places you get a speeding ticket and people can't pay the ticket? They end up having to go this through this whole probate system that constantly steals your money, takes more money from you, or they put you in jail for a speeding ticket. Small weed charges. Now, I don't smoke weed, but I know that people who smoke weed go to jail. They have an ounce of weed they found smoking in their car. They go to jail. They can't pay that $500, so they sit in jail until they're convicted or let go or told to pay a fine or whatever. The system convicts people on stuff that really, and puts them in jail for a long period of time for minor things. Our system is built all wrong. Then there's these people who get prosecuted based on circumstantial evidence that can definitely be disputed. You say, well, you can't totally blame that on the system. I mean, the person committed. How do you know this person committed a crime? You're assuming the same thing that everybody else. You are supposed to be guilty. I mean, innocent until proven guilty. Not guilty until proven innocent. In our society, we instantly convict people. Oh, he's criminal. We allow our police to kill people on the street. I ain't got nothing else to say about that. You were not prosecuting it for a crime. I understand incidents where people are shooting at each other. It's called self-defense. But our officers literally kill people on the street who are unarmed, who have not been convicted of a crime when you don't even know if this person has committed a crime or not. Saeed is a victim of this foolish-ass system that we need to fix. I just heard about this case this morning, and it pissed me off. It sent me over the edge. These folks who talk about abolishing the system, and you think they sound retarded? I get why they say it. Sure, there are people who need to be prosecuted for the crimes, rapes, murders, Mass shooters. But we need to convict people who need to be convicted. We need to put people in mental health facilities that need to go in mental health facilities. But we should not be putting innocent people in prison. I keep hearing about this every week about convictions overturned after 40 and 50 years. When the evidence was there two years or the day of the trial that this person was innocent and a judge and 12 people let this go through. Sorry, need to calm down. I'm a little angry. Then they go through this repetitive system. Go to, I've been this person been sitting in jail. A man who was 18 years old gets out when he's 60, 50, 40. He's missed his life. Men and women with children missed them growing up. And this system, on a regular basis, and most definitely convicts black. And brown people. We do not have the money in this system to defend ourselves. So we depend on these prosecutors, on these public defendants that the system offers us. Now, now let me offer you some solutions to problems. For one, before a police officer searches a car, a third party should be there. Before a police officer sits down and talks to an individual 
or in, interrogates an individual, a third party needs to be there. Not Prosecuting the office should not be the only ones allowed to go through evidence. And I know they have defenders who are capable of doing that, but you got to have the money. That's the problem. The system has to give equal money to both sides in order to fight a crime, and they do not do that. I have literally seen people who say, I'm innocent, told by the public defender, just plead guilty. Just plead guilty. I've seen people because they don't know what the system works, try to talk to prosecutors without having a defense attorney there. Because the system allow it. I'm sorry, y'all. I got a little emotional. I got a little carried away. But this system is so backwards. So unjust. I just had to be real. Well, I'm all out of time, folks. I'm sorry I kind of went there. But uh, you get the idea. Hopefully, Saeed will walk free and this is done. Hopefully, they will find the right people who committed the crimes and convict them. Well, I'm all out of time. Y'all have a wonderful day.